the technology likely to have the greatest impact on the next few decades has arrived. You can start building completely new concepts for payments that we've never thought of. Move the need for a financial intermediary to transact value. Bitcoin and the blockchain have an amazing future. This is going to transform society. Yo, what's going on guys and welcome to the Crypto Authority podcast. Now, today I've got a more crypto business focused podcast where I have a chat with Alex, one of the co-founders of one of, in my opinion, the coolest crypto companies right now, which is Lolly. If you're yet to stumble upon the uniquely violet colored Chrome extension and soon to be app as well, Lolly allows you to earn free Bitcoin whilst you shop at some ridiculous stores like Sonos, Gap, Walmart and Best Buy and Hilton. It's insane. And I know, earning free Bitcoin sounds ludicrous. I thought exactly the same. But then I downloaded the extension. I fell in love with it in a Disney-esque sort of way and reached out to the team to see if they'd be interested in coming onto the show. And thankfully, they were super welcoming and sound hyped to do it. So without further ado, this is a chat with Lolly. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I did. Hey Alex, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. No, no worries whatsoever. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here, man. So I've, um, over the last few months, I always see Lolly on my timeline. You guys, I'm not sure if it's intentional or if it's the community, but there's always someone speaking about you or you guys are always on my timeline. And then um, I, yeah, I was naturally very curious a few months ago and I downloaded the extension and um, I've actually started to use it. So for our listeners who haven't come across Lolly, am, am I pronouncing that correctly? Firstly, is it Lolly? Yeah, it's Lolly like a lollipop. <laughs> awesome. A really positive and happy name. You've done well with that. But um, yeah, actually, I- there's a funny story. Uh, one of the things we learned is that Lolly in, uh, is British slang for an uncountable amount of money. Uh, so I thought that was kind of funny and relevant with uh, your accent. <laughs> and <anyway, laughs> yeah, no, very true. Um, but yeah, I, I think we should start from the basics. What is Lolly? So yes, yeah, so we've created the easiest way for people to get into Bitcoin without having to buy Bitcoin. So um, it works on a very simple cashback model where we partner with uh, just about a thousand merchants and those merchants pay us when our users shop their site and then we send Bitcoin to our users' uh, wallets, uh, letting them easily earn Bitcoin, get into Bitcoin without having to buy it. Okay. How, how did that come to in, into fruition? How did, you, uh, how did you think of the idea firstly, Alex? Yeah, great question. So I, I guess with any idea, it comes from you know, the summation of uh, any, any part of history. And, and uh, it's not just you know, one moment. It's a lot of different moments combined. So yeah. um, I got, uh, started building technology when I was uh, around age 12 <clears throat> and, and then started doing it professionally uh, around 16. Um, and was really excited uh, around advertising and, and the ability to convey a message and to communicate an idea um, you know, through, uh, through marketing and then building technology on top of that. I started you know, doing that for different agencies and then as a you know, freelance consultant and then later like running my own you know, development shop, uh, building technology for, for different people, uh, solving different problems. Uh, fast forward, I was studying economics in college and got really interested in microfinance and thus micropayments, 
um, and, and different initiatives like the Grameen Bank and Kiva Institute. And, and so uh, then I started to think about like, you know, well, what are, what are, what's a way in which we can uh, enable people through commerce, giving people the ability to buy and sell anywhere and giving people the ability to uh, be enabled through connected payments, connected commerce. So got really excited with this idea of a universal cart that let anyone buy and sell anywhere and let the best products rise to the top of the internet and people to be able to just buy from wherever they, they were uh, and wherever they were seeing products being talked about. So I started um, uh, this company called Cosmic about eight years ago and we built this e-commerce gateway that let merchants sell their products anywhere. Uh, we ended up, uh, you know, fast forward four and a half, five years, and uh, we did pretty well. And a bigger company came along, and uh, one of our customers uh, bought us, um, a, a acquired Cosmic. So uh, we came into power 1.2 billion in retail revenue uh, that was um, on a company called ShopStyle and got to meet a lot of different fashion merchants in the space. We grew about 10x post-acquisition, um, and then we grew so much that a bigger company, even bigger company, came along and bought us and ShopStyle away from, from PopSugar, the acquirer. So I got to work at the biggest cashback company in the U.S., maybe, maybe the world um, at this point, and got to really understand the, that model. Um, so I was there for about a year before parting ways, and my team and I that I had built Cosmic with, we came back together and we, we, kept, we kept coming back to this um, idea of, of Bitcoin, which we had you know, all learned about five years prior and got really excited about as a, as a mechanism for, for payments. Um, but we never really saw come to fruition. We were really excited about the technology of Bitcoin, but we, were never really, we never really saw um, our merchants get that excited about accepting it because there weren't, just, there weren't enough people that wanted to spend their Bitcoin. So having been at, at Ebates, we just kept thinking about what would that model look like um, if instead of giving cash back, if you were giving Bitcoin back when somebody does what they were already gonna do, which is shop online. So we started building it. Um, I started reaching out to a lot of our old merchant friends you know, that we had built relationships with over the last eight years. And we saw a lot of interest where uh, before we hadn't seen much interest with payments years prior, we saw a lot of interest with using the cashback model uh, as a way to incentivize people to shop at these different sites and for the users to earn Bitcoin when they shop online. So we launched um, a few months later and it's been uh, coming on a year. This is our year, this is our anniversary. So our birthday is coming up on Thursday, I believe. And yeah, it's just been a crazy exciting year as you, as you've seen, and as you noted, you know, the crypto and, and Bitcoin specifically uh, community really love what we're doing and, and are really excited that they can share Bitcoin with their friends and family uh, through this really easy application. And that was the intent. And it's exciting when you build something and people come and they, they love it as much as you do. So uh, yeah, that's a, that's a brief, as brief as I can possibly get it a uh, story of how, how we got here. Amazing, Alex. Well, firstly, infinite congratulations. What a, what a thing to be able to say you've done and created. But just take a step back now. In its most simplest form, how does the process of the cashback work? You, you kind of touched on it briefly there, but where does the Bitcoin actually come from? Yeah, so the merchants are paying us in, in fiat and you know, they, they're, very, they're well, well aware of Bitcoin and they understand you know, what, like that's part of the partnership. 
Um, but we're actually in the back end buying, buying the Bitcoin and then uh, sending it to people's uh, lolly wallets. So uh-huh. it's, uh, it's, it, that, that's basically without giving away too many details, that's, that's how the process works. So the, the, the user goes to lolly.com or to one of their favorite merchant sites that we work with. They activate Lolly uh, with their Chrome extension. We're also on Safari and Firefox. And they just shop as they normally would. And within you know, 15, 30 seconds, you can be earning Bitcoin uh, when you shop online, when you travel online. Uh, we, we make it really, really easy. Like I said, uh, uh, just about 1,000 merchants are on the platform right now. Okay, so in the prep for this call, I, was, I wanted to get your thoughts on the, on the quote that's being tossed around quite often right now. And that is, if something is free, you are the product. And the case with Lolly is that it is free for users. So would you agree in this sense that the users, like myself, if I go and download the extension now on Chrome and I were to start using Lolly to reap all the amazing benefits and the cashback options that you, uh, that you guys boast, would you consider me the product in your business model? Or what, what are your thoughts in regards to that quote and the relationship with Lolly? So I agree with that quote in many cases, especially businesses that sell people's data. We do not sell people's data. Uh, we're extremely privacy minded. So um, with ad, I, I believe that if, in ad based businesses, if you're not paying for the service, then you are, but people are actually buying products. So like you have to go buy toilet paper, you have to buy, you know, a flight, uh, you know, to, you know, home or you have to get a hotel every once in a while for work or office supplies. Um, there's all these moments where you're, you're paying for it. So it like, I I wouldn't say, I mean, Lolly is, it's, it's all pay like you're buying things online and then you're getting money back in, in the form of Bitcoin. So, you know, it's, it's, you know, debatable. It's like, yes, it's free. Um, but we only make money when you make money. That's, that's where I think it's a better model than like an ad based model. So that, I think that phrase was created on Facebook and other uh, Google services that are really great and free, but um, you have to wonder like, what, what, what's, what's catch? Like how, how are people making money off me? And so that phrase is true for them. Not so much for, for Lolly. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd say that, you could make a strong case that the consumer is indeed the product, but it's not in any terms whatsoever exploitative, like in Facebook or Google or YouTube, where they take your data and then they go and um, they go and sell it to a third party. Whereas in this case, yes, you're the product, but you're actually being reimbursed. So is being the product necessarily a bad thing? I don't think in this is, in this instance it is. Yeah. So one thing I always encourage people to do is, is to um, really get into really start to ask the question with companies, with people, like what, what are you optimizing for? So when you think about an ad based business, like a Facebook or a Google, they're optimizing for more time, for more clicks, for greater advertising dollars. And the it's sort of like how that evolves is like they need more data on the user. They need to sell that data. They need to charge more for it. They need to offer more ads. So everything that they're optimizing for is to extract more data from you and to have arguably less privacy. We are not optimizing for that. We're optimizing for people to shop. And, and so, you know, where, wherever they shop, like it's, it's, we're optimizing to bring on more merchants to adopt Bitcoin 
as a rewards platform. And so that's a net good for everybody. Uh, more merchants adopt Bitcoin, more people are able to, to earn Bitcoin. And so the, like really what we're optimizing for is for more people to earn more Bitcoin because we, every time that people earn Bitcoin, we make money too. So we're totally aligned. I, I always want to create businesses where we're aligned with the net, like the net goal where we want to be. So if we want to usher in this new world of, of cryptocurrency of um, really digital currency is the best way I think to describe it. If we want to um, be able to connect seamlessly with anyone around the world, no matter who they are, where they're from and have complete connected commerce and enablement through commerce, that's what the Lolly business model is optimizing for. Fantastic. So you mentioned it a bit earlier, but where does the name Lolly actually come from? Because you mentioned that there was an accidental meaning of it, like you said in English, but why, why did you pick the name Lolly? Yeah, so uh, where, I, where I got the, the name Lolly is uh, I grew up going to the bank with my dad and I always dreaded going to the bank, but it, it was uh, the, the, the nice thing at the end was always like the lollipops at the end. And so um, when we were coming up with the, the name for, for Lolly, uh, before it was Lolly, um, you know, I was writing down a lot of um, things that made me feel good about banks, that made me feel good about Bitcoin. And I was just realizing that Bitcoin is like very difficult for people to get into and, and difficult to understand, or at least it, you know, it was. And there wasn't this like feel good moment with Bitcoin. It was like you had to invest. It was risky. You know, a bank doesn't really feel that all, all that great. But when you're a kid and you go and you see like a lollipop at the end, it kind of makes it all worth it and it makes it more enjoyable. It makes it more human. So if Bitcoin is the bank of the future, I, I thought that there needs to be the lollipop at the end. And so we came in as, and, and that's why I thought it made sense to uh, name us Lolly. So, um, you know, we did research and, and found that there was some other cool, like, you know, slang around it. Um, I, I thought, uh, you know, it made it even better, but that, that's the full story. That's a really cool story. You know, there are a lot of, I speak to a lot of uh, crypto companies and projects, but I think that, that one today has to be the coolest story with the most meaning and it makes sense as well. It makes a lot of sense. Thank you. I, I think nostalgia is a really important thing with marketing and uh, branding. Um, I think like I, I love products that make me feel and feel good in particular. So I, I, yeah, I think that like everybody loves lollipops. It's like, pretty yeah. universal. And, and now, now it's like, now we need to get everybody to love Bitcoin. So um, yeah, that's, that's our, that's our mission. That's our goal. And uh, I think the brand aligns with that. Absolutely. So Alex, the stores that you're collaborating with, how hard was it to pitch this idea to them? And also how welcoming were they towards Bitcoin? Because obviously their, their role in Lolly very much involves Bitcoin, but they don't actually have to hold it themselves. Am I right in saying? Correct. We take the risk um, off of the consumer and the merchant. And, and what a lot of people don't talk about is the merchant adoption of Lolly. Like I, I think we have more merchants, uh, more, more like, Fortune uh, 5,000 merchants on Lolly than any other Bitcoin company out there, and we're you know only a year old. And you know I don't want to that wasn't a brag. I just want to. It's more of a brag on like on Bitcoin and, and adoption as a whole, um, and and us coming to market with a unique um, value proposition that lets merchants more easily adopt Bitcoin than accepting it as payments. So in order for like. 
I think part of our success came from the fact that we built a company in the space previously and built up a lot of trust with these merchants. So a lot of these merchants that we're working with, I've known for seven, eight years um, that I got to know with my last company and, you know, we made them a good amount of money for the last company and even, you know, post acquisition. So I got to know these companies. I got to know the people behind them and built really strong relationships. So when I, and, and, you know, much of the world, uh, even though we, we like to believe that the world is going to a trustless ecosystem where um, you know, two parties can, can transact seamlessly and, and have smart contracts and um, you know, Bitcoin between two people and have this immutable exchange um, between two people, we still live in a world where you need to trust people. And so we built a lot of trust over the years. And then we can market and we said, hey, look, this is very similar to Ebates. You understand and know the model. We can make you money um, as a merchant and we can drive sales away from your competitors and we can drive them to your site. Um, and so the consumer, you know, at the end of the day, they want toilet paper. If they get it from Overstock or if they get it from Amazon, like at the end of the day, they just want the toilet paper and they want it fast. So if they can also get Bitcoin, Overstock can, can win in a situation where they're competing against Amazon. So that's, that's one of like the value propositions that we came to market with. And then some merchants, you know, were, wanted to know more about Bitcoin. And so the way that I described it to them is as a, as a point system that made, um, that makes Bitcoin really um, easy to understand because Bitcoin is essentially a point system that doesn't have um, centralized uh, barriers. Like it doesn't, it doesn't say this point is worth whatever I say it's going to be worth. Bitcoin is worth what the world thinks it's worth and believes it's worth and is trading at. And historically, it's gone up over time. So it's both an investment and a point system. And so a lot of our merchants really like that framing of it. And again, like, you know, you have to think about what people are optimizing for and they want to drive more uh, consumers away from Amazon or their other competitors. And so that's how we were able to get so many merchants uh, in this hyper competitive world of, of e-commerce where everyone wants to attract new, new customers. Um, and that's, that's how we did it in the early days. Yeah. That's interesting. Thank so you. <laughs> one question that I had for you is have many no coiners shown any interest in Lolly and your services or is it only people within the Bitcoin ecosystem that you've come to learn that have used Lolly? So that's my proudest part of, of Lolly is I think, <clears throat> I, I think, you know, it's great. It's great that people that have Bitcoin can earn more Bitcoin. And I think a lot of people are really, really excited to stack more sats, to earn more Bitcoin. Um, I think the thing that I'm personally most excited about and that the team's most excited about is all the people new that are, that are coming in. So the goal was to create the easiest application that people can share with their friends and family and that extends Bitcoin to more people uh, by giving them more ways to, to get involved without actually spending their hard-earned money. So right now we, we estimate, it's really tough to know because we don't collect a lot of data um, on our on our users, but from qualitative research, uh, from like support channels, from like seeing testimonials online, it seems like a lot of people are getting into Bitcoin right now through Lolly and are really uh, brand new to the space. So if we can keep doing that, like that's that's the real goal um, to to introduce new people to Bitcoin. So we we want uh, you know 100 million people to start adopting Bitcoin uh, by shopping and and 
um, we think that Coinbase and other exchanges introduced a lot of people to Bitcoin, uh, but they introduced investors to Bitcoin. Um, a lot of people are not going to mine, and so they had to open it up to investors. Um, most of the world are not investors, and so few people that had the technical know-how to mine or to uh, or had the financial experience to invest and invest intelligently were um, attracted to Bitcoin. So now it's like, how do we create more ways for people to earn? Um, and, and I think that a really powerful mechanism uh, to get people to earn is through shopping because it takes something that they're already doing and lets them earn when they're doing that, that action. Yeah, that must be so incredibly rewarding for you, hey? The, the ability to say, <laughs> I've, like brought in, I've brought in or I've introduced a whole range of people to this infinitely consumer empowering technology. Exactly. So that, that's where it gets really fun because you're designing um, a product that I believe in, which is, you know, Bitcoin, and you're, you're just re, uh, repackaging it um, for a new consumer. And then it's up to them to do the research and it's up to us to make it easy for them to do that research and to learn about Bitcoin in a very uh, consumer friendly, easy way. Um, so we can usher in this, this new financial system. Yeah. So you mentioned it briefly there. You said that the kind of aim going forward is to, to serve as an on-ramp or to introduce the idea of Bitcoin and this whole new ecosystem and industry to as many different consumers going forward as possible. But on a kind of more broader and macro lens, where do you see the future of Lolly going? Yeah, great question. So, yeah, I think the, the start is making it easy for, for, to get Bitcoin into people's wallets. And right now we've, we've effectively done that on web. The, the next uh, thing to do is to take it onto the mobile phone. So giving people more ways to earn um, on, on their mobile device and you know, that's with them all the time. People don't spend as much on mobile as they do web, but that's clearly changing uh, dramatically and has changed dramatically over the last several years. So we're launching a mobile app um, and, and we, we just started to work on it and it's, it is looking really cool and I'm really excited uh, for that. I think it's just gonna give people Amazing. way more ways to, to earn. It's going to get, like, put Bitcoin in people's hands and the same way like Coinbase did, but it's gonna make it easier for people to get involved in Bitcoin because it's gonna take this like, weekly or our monthly experience of buying groceries or food or travel through Lolly. And it's going to move that into a, uh, a daily experience, uh, whether you need to take an Uber or go get your coffee. Uh, and that's personally really exciting to me because um, it's, it changes behavior. Um, Lolly changed behavior to lower time preferences for how people think about spending. They think about earning and they think about, okay, well, let me, let me go shop for that starting on lolly.com instead of um, just going and buying frivolously somewhere else. They can like go to lolly.com and see, oh, does, does lolly work with this merchant? Should, like, how much can I earn back? Um, it, it makes people really smart shoppers um, for you know, how they're using their fiat. And then it makes people pay attention to Bitcoin. So when we go down in the mobile app, it's going to drive more attention to Bitcoin um, aside from price. And if you can compound price um, in 
with the daily active uh, experience around actually earning, uh, that, that gets really exciting for changing behavior and shifting people to this new um, currency. That's a really valuable solution that you guys are working on because I regularly say to all of the pessimists or the people that don't believe in Bitcoin that I think one of the greatest problems that we face nowadays is the ability to onboard new people into this new industry because it is very complicated. A lot of people who are in Bitcoin and crypto have a tech background and therefore the, I don't know, the, the process of downloading a wallet and learning what keys are and uh, navigating through multiple different exchanges and sending your coins from one wallet address to another. This is a very intimidating and often very extremely tedious process for people to do, particularly of older demographics. So the fact that you guys have come up with a solution or a business plan where you can make it profitable for both the consumer and yourselves as a business and give the person or give the consumer Bitcoin, introduce it to them and give it to them straight away so that they have a real reason to learn how to use it. I just think that's, that's such a phenomenal thing that you guys are doing towards the space. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. I appreciate you seeing that. What's the withdrawal process like? So say if I have some sats in my lolly account, if I want to withdraw it, what's the process of that going to look like? Yeah. So we, we want, I mean, every, it's sort of this balance, right? Where custodial versus non-custodial is this is part of the onboarding on ramp in, into Bitcoin, and so we we make it really like incredibly easy for people to move Bitcoin from our Lolly wallet, which is a custodial wallet, to any wallet, which can be custodial, non-custodial. You know, your Bitcoin is your Bitcoin. I think that because so many of our users don't have their own wallet or don't understand private keys yet. Um, it's really important for us to educate our, our users over time. So yeah, you go to lolly.com and you can request a transfer to any address uh, that you want. And yeah, we make it really easy to do that. You just have to hit $15 threshold. And once you've hit the $15 threshold, then you can move Bitcoin to wherever you'd like. That's really cool, man. The, the fact that you're making it a seamless experience or process is... Uh again, really, really valuable because as a consumer, I'm not going to want to get caught up in this additional extension that then where I can earn money, but then it becomes incredibly tedious to move it or to have access to it. So the fact that you guys are really tackling that issue or potential issue is really, really good and positive. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's really important. And it's something that you can't do overnight. You have to ease people into the idea of free money, self-sovereign identity, self-sovereign banking. And so, yeah, there's lots of like features that we, we have coming that we're really excited about uh, that will educate people and, and teach people like, okay, this is what um, it's like to use Lightning Network to transfer Bitcoin. This is what it's like to use, um, you know, custodial wallet. This is what we would recommend for a non-custodial wallet. Um, all these sort of things are, I think are really important to teach people over time. But right now, the most important thing is teaching people what Bitcoin is, why it's important to earn it. And, and then there's more, so much more we can do over time. So we have some really exciting things, too, on the education front that I think will get people really um, like actively involved in, in the actual like, edu like educating them and being incentivized to educate them. So you asked about roadmap, and that's, that's on our roadmap over the next 
you know, four to six months. Brilliant, because I don't think that there can ever be too much time or money invested in for a company like yourself to simplifying Bitcoin, because we often get caught up in this bubble in this community, whereby it's easy to forget that this thing that we're talking about every single day and navigating with is actually very much unknown to the, to the rest of society. And um, it, it's a complicated one. Like I've been in Bitcoin for quite a few years now. And I mean, I've got a rough definition to describe or to define Bitcoin with, but every day I'm still thinking, oh, how can I tweak that definition? Or is that truly what Bitcoin is? I, even I'm struggling to, to comprehend what it is, despite running a podcast, a brand, and having read countless books about it. So, yeah. Well, luckily, we're in the early days, and I think you're doing great. And it's, it's so important to have both um, media, like, you know, what you're doing uh, in sharing this idea, uh, and then also having, you know, products, I think, like Lolly and, and exchanges and other uh, and, uh, non-custodial wallets and all these sort of things to get people involved in it. So we need more people talking about it. We need more podcasts. We need more, uh, like, sorry, more quality podcasts uh, and then quality media as well. That's like educating consumers on why it's so important. Yeah. Those, those two ideas that you just mentioned there are the ideas that I've been brainstorming for the past few months. How can I take crypto authority and take us to the next level, whether that be to introduce more people, to expand our services or to monetize. But, um, are you okay to finish off this little conversation that we've had with the Q&A section? Yeah, that sounds great. Fantastic, man. So I, I'm not sure, I, I assume, because throughout this conversation, but I'm not sure how much of a, a crypto enthusiast or advocate you are, but do you have a single favorite piece of crypto content or Bitcoin content, anything that relates to this, uh, to this industry? I always send people the Bitcoin standard. I think it's a yeah. really good intro into this space and it's a lot. I mean, it's, you know, you, you really have to invest in it, but I send a lot of our merchants, uh, the Bitcoin standard and, uh, I send, you know, friends, family, uh, before, you know, if they're, if they're interested in getting involved, I think that it's really important to understand every part of, of Bitcoin. And, and so, uh, I think that's like the most comprehensive, best introduction to not just Bitcoin, but money in general, because, if we're being honest, most people, I would say 99% of people don't understand what money is and we use it every day. Yep. Um, well, actually, just to add there, Alex, have you ever checked out the Bitcoin Money Book by the Bitcoin Rabbi? I had him on our podcast a few weeks ago. So if you go onto our podcast show on Spotify or on uh, Google Podcasts or on CastBox, wherever you're listening to us from, and um, you scroll down, you can see an interview that we had with Michael Karras, um, the... The Bitcoin rabbi, as he goes by um, in our community, he released a, I don't want to call it a children's book because that would somewhat degrade it, but I think that's how he's described it. And it's kind of like the first resource that you send to an absolute a person with no clue whatsoever. And that's the book to introduce them to it. So um, maybe check that out if you're... If we you're actually have a mention in it. It's uh, I, I love, I love that book. And that is definitely a, an incredible way for to get people into Bitcoin. Um, I, I love what he's done. So, uh, yeah. one of the characters is named Lolly. Okay. So what would your first action be as president of the United States of America? Oh, great question. Um, I, th I think more financial literacy courses are, are incredibly important. Um, teaching people about the power of 
of money and, and, and how uh, to work within the system. I think um, commerce enables people and it gives people this uh, platform. It gives people this like education uh, to um, do more, to empower themselves, their family. And I don't think money is everything. Uh, I, it may sound like it, but um, I think people should be able to choose the life that they want and to live very happily and to have the comforts um, of food, shelter, family, give, give people you know, what they need and want. And I think that enables a society. Um, and I think it's so sad to me how few um, people understand, like, like, we, like you said, we work all our lives for something and we don't even understand what we're working for. Um, and so educating people on, on what money is, um, educating people on, you know, accounting and finance and, um, and, and all like basic versions of that. But I think it's incredibly important and it's not that hard to, to, um, help. And, and also like entrepreneurship, I think it's what makes, um, it makes America great is, is giving people the tools to go build companies and, and giving them the resources to like, uh, healthcare and, uh, to go take that leap and to go build something and reduce the risk um, of doing those things. So how do you incentivize people to build and create um, in that? And I think a lot of that starts with like financial uh, literacy. Yep. Okay. So who's the most interesting person that you've spoken to crypto about? Ooh, great question. Um, hmm. I would say one of the most interesting people that is really one of like my mentors, but friends as well is uh, Arjun Balaji. Um, I just always really enjoy uh, the way that he thinks about Bitcoin. Um, I think he, he sort of, I was uh, dabbling in like a lot of different cryptocurrencies and he inspired me to, you know, look, look at the basics and, and go back to reading the white paper. Um, so I, I, I personally think I, he's just so in, intelligent and in the way that he thinks about the world and, and, and money in general and Bitcoin. Um, and yeah, he's just always been sort of like a, a source of truth and, and somebody that I, I look towards, um, you know, when I, when I uh, need advice. So um, yeah, he's been, he's been great. Um, and then also I think it's just kind of cool to like, you know, we, we were almost overnight um, were adopted by the Bitcoin community and I think meeting a lot of like the people who built this space, um, it's, it's really funny, you know, there's a lot of nefarious characters, uh, but there's also so many good people that have, you know, created this space over the years and it has just held true and, and believe this so whole, whole, wholeheartedly. So reading like digital gold, um, and meet and you hearing about all these characters, uh, that had built the space and then to meet people in person and just put a face to a name. Um, and it's just been kind of cool over the, over the years to, over the year, I guess, to, to meet all these uh, interesting people that have built Bitcoin over the years. Yeah, I, I particularly like your answer with Arjun because having never actually spoken to him, I, I do follow him on Twitter and on Medium and I was actually going to reach out to Arjun in Q4 of 2019. And I was going to ask him if he'd like to come on our podcast show and review his, um, one of his articles on Medium, which I really, really enjoyed. On January the 1st, he published an article I think it was called his crypto theses for 2019, where he made a bunch yeah, of so good. Yeah. Right. I, I really want to get him on the show towards the end of the year so that we can uh, go through that and see what came true and what didn't and uh, maybe discuss his thoughts going forward into the future. Yeah. I, 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 that's a great idea. And I'm, I'm happy to intro if, if you don't know him yet. 
Amazing, yeah, I, th I think that'd be great, Alex. But Alex, the final yeah. question I have for you today, what is one thing that you like and another thing that you dislike about the cryptocurrency community or industry or any experiences that, that you've faced in the past year that you've been involved? Well, actually, no, you said you've been in Bitcoin for the last five years, no? Yes, uh, yeah, five or six years. Um, so yeah, I, I have clearly gotten like, you know, when you're building something in the space, you get way more active in it and people know, know you're in the space, but exactly. so you had to make the decision to go you know, public with everything. But um, that is, uh, yeah. So I think I'll start with, you know, the things I, I love about the space. Um, I think people are so passionate and they are so curious and that it's, it's sort of this like glimpse of a, of a better world. I think that if we, were we constantly were we were transparent we were like we held people accountable we were passionate we were curious it feels like a better world to me um and and then i think that um as with anything uh the thing i don't like is probably part of what i do like um but that's that's like growing pains and i think that's like evolution uh and how we are changing in this in this new world so I think there is groupthink in the space that can be um, problematic. Um, I think that there is like forward panic that, that happens and there's like a lot of like uh, almost its own um, outrage culture that exists uh, in the space where if something happens, it doesn't always have to be the worst thing to ever happen. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. Um, but with this forward panic that occurs and you know, largely I'm in, I think one thing I'm talking about is Twitter. I love Twitter. I think it's like the greatest platform in the world um, for distributing information and connecting people through, through information. Um, but it also creates, uh, it doesn't give you a lot of context. You're only judged or judging based on very limited information. And, and so I think it's like, it's, it's, we are slowly figuring out how to communicate better and communicate ideas and share ideas and, and talk with each other in on, on the internet. And we're, you know, what, 25 years into it. So it, it's really interesting to see like actually 30 years, what uh, I guess 20 years of like um, that Google has been around and, and like 15 something years uh, plus years for Facebook to be around like modern internet. Um, but now, now we're sort of in this space where we're trying to figure out, okay, what do we do on the internet? How do we interact? Um, and I think it's more of a, uh, an issue of the internet than it is the crypto or Bitcoin community. Um, so yeah, I think we're, we're slowly learning um, how to best distribute ideas. And I think that actually is a, a good thing um, for everyone to be held accountable, to um, keep people accountable uh, for, for the future. Awesome, man. Fantastic. Well, Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. I've, uh... Not only have I learned about a lot about Lolly and the way that you guys work, but I've learned a lot about business and crypto and um, honestly, a really insightful discussion. So thank you. Thanks for coming on, Alex. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Great questions. And yeah, I look forward to staying in touch. Good stuff, man. Have a fantastic day. You too.